we get into teaching, I just feel like God wants to take us really, really deep tonight, and it's going to move quick and fast, <laughs> just like stay on your toes and stay active in what's going on in the room, but I feel like God wants to do some crazy, crazy things, and it's going to happen fast, all right? So I just need you to be with me and just let's go there, all right? But first, I feel like, and God has never asked me to do this before, but we're just going to do it. But I, how many of you guys actually want to see, like, miracles all the time? <laughs> yeah, you do, right? Okay, so we're going to start that new lease on life tonight. So we're going to start that new way of living this brand new life tonight where miracles and revival and all of that is just really, really normal. And it's not just stuff you guys watch on YouTube or hears old stories about, but it's every day a living testimony of what God is doing on your behalf every day. Okay, so you guys want that, right? Okay, so as I was worshiping in the back of the room, um, and I actually, just for the sake of privacy, I need everyone to just close their eyes. And I asked them to keep the lights off because this is actually going to be just a moment between you and God. And right now, if there's any shame in the room, I just break it off in the name of Jesus. And I just say that we don't have time tonight for any shame to create any kind of barrier between us and God. Jesus, I thank you that you died to kill shame. And so we don't believe the lies anymore that we cannot approach your throne because we are made holy by the blood of Jesus. And so I ask right now that we would approach with boldness and courage, God. And I believe that there's many people in this room that have accepted Jesus as their Savior. You believe with your heart and have confessed with your mouth that Jesus did, in fact, die for your sins. You understand mercy and you understand grace. And you are so thankful that you have been forgiven and you have been forgiven it is by grace that you have been saved and that salvation is for today and it is there's so much excitement there and these last nine months you've been working out that salvation and it is so good it's it's almost too good to be true you cannot believe how much you've been forgiven for but i believe tonight Jesus wants to transfer some of you into a new realm of belonging to his kingdom. And it, you've accepted Jesus as your savior, but you have not yet declared him as your Lord. And I know for me, it, there was actually a few years separation between when I accepted Jesus as my savior and I was so thankful to be saved. And I told everyone the good news because I was so thankful. I was addicted to cocaine, working in the nightclub industry, and was so far from God. And had sinned over and over again. I could not believe that he could forgive me in an instant like that. But it took me years to declare him as my Lord. To choose to die to myself. It says in scripture that in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, 
for I've overcome the world. Now, how do you become overcomers of the world? He becomes your Lord. And it is easy to follow a Jesus to the cross that has died for your sins. But it takes self-sacrifice and radical obedience and repentance and the filling of the Holy Spirit for you to follow a resurrected king that's resurrecting you. We're singing those words, but let's make him the Lord of our life tonight. Okay, so if tonight is the first time that you are deciding to move from Jesus being your Savior, or maybe he hasn't even been your Savior yet. I don't know where you are in your journey with God. And maybe you've been wrestling with this faith thing for a long time. But if you are ready to step into a brand new life, a brand new kingdom, that you have full access and authority to enter into by the blood of Jesus, and you want Jesus to move from your Savior to your Lord, I want you to lift up your hand, and we're going to pray and worship together. I see you guys all over the room. Jesus, I thank you right now that by your blood, you, <laughs> we are made brand new, God. So right now, I just declare over every single person in this room that has their hand raised that you would just start to work in their lives in ways that they have never seen. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you give them the power and the ability to walk with you, God. That there's no more striving in Jesus' name, but we are made brand new, completely sinless, righteous, a chosen generation, God. And that we would be a light on a hill because you are our Lord. And we have said that the world has much to offer. But I've turned away from it because I'm turning to everything. And so, God, I ask that you fill them with peace right now. That you make them radically obedient and not out of religious obligation but out of a hunger and a thirst to serve the Lord of Lord and King of Kings. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you guys can take a seat, and we're going to jump into some stuff. Congratulations if you are now a follower of Jesus. <laughs> that is awesome. You know, I um, actually, I need two volunteers with, that have Bibles with them. So can two people just run up here that have Bibles with them? Great. <laughs> okay. So... All of you should know at this point John 3.16, right? <laughs> like, basically everyone in the world that's not even Christian knows this verse. Can you read for us John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Okay. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, 
But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Can you give him a hand? <laughs> okay, and can you read for me Romans 10, 9? <laughs> no pressure right now. <laughs> yeah, Romans 10, 9. Um, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Thank you. <laughs> All right. How many of you guys know these verses? You've heard them more than once, right? Right. These are some of like the basic foundation scriptures of Christianity, right? How do you lead someone to God? Like in basic evangelism. It's these two verses, right? Okay, can someone tell me, and I want you guys to participate, scream, jump up and down, roll around on the floor, whatever you need to do. But in these two verses, what is something that you see that's in both of them? And I'll give you guys a few seconds to think about it. Okay, yeah, Jesus is Lord. And what about that, though? Close. Je sort of, but Jesus is Lord is in both of those. But what, what is the thing? There's a word, actually, that's in both of them. So if you guys need to look at it, you can. <laughs> I'll read again John 3, 16 so you guys can get it. Ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. <laughs> yeah. I tried to emphasize to kind of help you guys out. All right. Whoever believes in him. Belief. Belief is in both of those main scriptures for evangelism, right? So how many of us know that to be a Christian, to be a follower of, of Jesus, we need to believe in him, right? Right? We need to believe in him. Okay. So, Luke 6.45 says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. We also know the verse, sometimes translation says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So we know that, that the things that come out of our mouth is what's kind of going on inside. And I grew up thinking that that scripture meant that I should be really, really careful about what I say, right? I probably shouldn't curse or gossip or slander or say bad things, right? Do you all agree those are good principles to have? Right? 
sort of. If you don't believe that, then please read the Bible because you should not gossip, slander, or curse other people. But what I think is so great about the scripture that is often overlooked is I think God is giving us a key to showing us what we actually believe. So I realized that sometimes I was saying some things and I was trying to change the words and confessions out of my mouth. And then the Holy Spirit said to me at one point, he said, pay attention to what you say because it is a great compass to show you what you actually believe. So I want you guys to take a moment for a second and just close your eyes. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to just speak to you right now. And before he does, I want to clarify something that I need to clarify in almost every searchlight. There is a difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation says, get away from me. You are full of sin and you have no access to God. Conviction says, repent and turn for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And sometimes God needs to bring conviction so that we can get some of the junk out of the way so that we can live in full access of everything that Jesus died for us to have. So if you feel like not hunky-dory by the things that the Holy Spirit tells you right now, that's awesome because it is so much better to receive conviction than to live in deception. So let's close our eyes for a second, and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you show us over the last nine months what has been coming out of our mouth. Is it life or death? Is it freedom or bondage? Is it prophecy and life and hope and calling out the gold in others or gossip and complaining? I ask that you reveal to us right now if there's any area of our heart that we need to turn towards you. All right, keep your eyes closed, but I want you to lift a hand if there's anything that you need to ask forgiveness for right now. If God has shown you anything that you've said that is not from the king. All right, so just um, pray with me. Jesus, right now we just, we just ask for your forgiveness across this whole room. God, I thank you that you, you beg us to forgive others so that we can receive forgiveness. 
And right now, I thank you that you're revealing things to our hearts. And there's, there's no shame in not being perfect. We're being transformed daily to become more like you. Sanctification is a beautiful, beautiful process. And I thank you right now that you are showing people in this room what it looks like to live holy and righteous lives. God, I ask that you don't change our words, but you change our hearts. So that we don't have to try to speak like you, but it is an overflow of what's already going on inside. I thank you that you remind us of how much you have already forgiven us for. And I thank you that faith comes from just believing in you and then doing what you say. And so right now, God, we ask for forgiveness. You know the deep hidden parts of our hearts. And so we surrender that to you as the Lord of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. That is something that I actually encourage you to do every day. And I know you're thinking, I don't need to do that every day. Watch how much you do need to do it every day once you start doing it. I, I actually just made a habit out of every time I showered to just ask the Holy Spirit to search my heart. And it is amazing the stuff that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you when you actually ask him to reveal things to you. And uh, one of the greatest things about this is, is that God wants to have an intimate relationship with you. He doesn't want to have any kind of barrier between the two of you. He sent his son. That is the good news. He sent his son to destroy all barriers between you and God. So why don't we invite him to crush all of those barriers on a daily basis? All right, so that, that heart check is just something that you guys can practice all the time. So we read in Acts that when Pentecost happened and the, the early disciples got baptized in the Holy Spirit, it was crazy. And how many of us like want to see that on a normal basis? We want to see that demonstration of power. It says that tongues of fire rested on top of every single one of their heads. And 3,000 people were saved in a moment. Like, that's really good results. <laughs> I don't know how many of you guys have tried or practiced evangelism, but 3,000 pe 3, people out in the open from one message is, like, pretty good. It's pretty good. And my favorite part of this scripture, and I, I read it all the time, says in Acts 2.37, when they heard this, they heard the good news preached with power by Peter. It says they were cut to the heart. They were cut to the heart. God was doing heart surgery on them. They were cut to the heart. And I love what it says next. It says, and they said to Peter, and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what are we to do? I believe that one of the biggest differences between the early church and what we're seeing in modern day Christianity is in that line right there. The early church's response 
to this brand new kingdom that they had access to, the power and the demonstration of this kingdom was, what do we do? Our response is, do I have to? And we're wondering why we're not seeing the same results. And uh, my question for you is, is when the Holy Spirit is provoking you, is your response, what do I do? What must I do? Or is it, do I have to? Do I have to give up that other thing? Do I have to surrender this bad relationship? Do I have to break up with that boyfriend that doesn't love Jesus? Do I have to sell all of my belongings? Do I have to work in a coffee shop? Do I have to go to college? Do I have to work in an office? Do I have to? Do I have to? Or is it unto you, God? Not my will, but your will be done. And honestly, I, I won't know what your response is. That is the journey between you and your Savior. Not just once, but every day. I once was reading scripture and I asked God, I said, God, why does it say in scripture to daily pick up your cross to follow you? Like, I'd imagine that picking up a cross once is like kind of enough. And God said to me, because daily you're going to need to choose if my kingdom is worth it for you. And I believe that every single person in this room, at one point you have picked up your cross, right? Some of you, maybe not. But maybe most of you, at some point, have picked up your cross. But then there are days where you just don't feel like it, right? There are days where I actually am like, I don't even know if I want to be a Christian anymore. Like, I'm tired, and I have a baby screaming, and, like, I really don't want to be obedient to God. Like, I kind of want to just Netflix and chill. And I really have no desire to go pray for someone and put myself in an awkward situation. And on those days, I, I don't pick up my cross and follow him. But guess what? The greatest thing about God is, is this is a journey. I'm not perfect every day. I'm not evangelizing every single day. But I am in the process of being made new into holiness and righteousness through repentance. And Peter says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I think sometimes we don't repent because we don't realize what's at hand. And we become so distracted by the ways of this world that we don't even realize what the good news even is. Sometimes, this is the scariest thing that I think the enemy has done. He has made the gospel and your faith really ordinary. Certain scriptures, they're like, they don't affect you at all. I know all the time I read scriptures and I'm like, oh, heard it a thousand times. We go to so many conferences and I'm like, 
that's not profound. Heard that a million times. Oh, Peter did this and Jesus did this. Like, I know, I know, I know the stories. Who cares what you know? Are you doing it? Are you living your life where the scripture is transforming you? Okay, this is crazy. But I was reading in Hebrews 4 today, and I wrote this whole message about two hours ago. It says, for the word of God is, (laughs) yeah, Parker was taking care of David. It says, for the word of God is living and active and full of power. Are you treating this book like it's alive and full of, like, electric power? You guys want to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit? This thing right here that we have become so bored with, and I'm guilty of it too, this is the outlet of that access to power. We want to see miracles and revival every day. Here it is. It says this thing is alive. Like, that's freaky. Like, I'm holding something alive right now. That's weird, right? It says, the Amplified says, it's making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit. And of both joints and marrows, the deepest part of your nature exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. This partnered with the Holy Spirit is the only thing that will change your life. And a lot of times we say, I don't really know if I believe what this says. And I want to encourage you, come on the journey with me where I don't just make this fit my lifestyle, but I change my life based on what this says. I, after my world race, I was working in the nightclub industry still, and I had a lot of influence in Manhattan in the nightclub industry, and I was like, you know, like I still gotta use this influence, and we were seeing tons of people come to Jesus, and and it was great, like we, No one was going into nightclubs, and it was awesome. And, like, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Chainsmokers. You guys know them? Yeah, right? Okay, they came to church with me. So this is, like, I'm not even kidding. Do you know one of them went to high school with Phil Wickham? Isn't that weird? (laughs) And was in a band with him? And hates Jesus. But that's another story. (laughs) But that was the kind of influence that God was giving us. We were able to do just like reaching doormen and like bottle service people, and it was awesome. And guess what? At the same time, I was also still partying and drinking along with these people. And I would like be nervous about sharing the gospel, so I'd like have a few drinks to like just get some like liquid courage. And I would read in scripture in 1 Corinthians 6 what it says about drunkenness. And I would say, but it's kind of okay because I'm, like, reaching a lot of people. (laughs) So God will forgive that sin because, like, of his grace and mercy. And because 
I'm like doing so many good things for his kingdom, it doesn't really matter like what that verse really says. And I was smoking cigarettes and it was, it was actually like great to smoke cigarettes because you go out and you have like really like good conversations outside with other smokers. And then one day I was at worship and I'm singing on the top of my lungs. You know the song, it's your breath in my lungs. Okay, I'm singing that. And Jesus said to me, in like not the kindest way, and like we have like a really good relationship, but he was a little harsh in this moment. He said, oh, no, it's not. It's not my breath in your lungs. It's smoke. It's smoke in your lungs. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I, like, literally felt like I could not sing the words of the song because I was a liar as I was singing. And I said to Parker at this point, I go, <laughs> that, and he can t testify to this. I said, Parker, I have to quit smoking. And he was like, okay, yeah, like, that's probably good. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, I can't worship God if I'm smoking. That's, that's the conviction that I felt during worship. And he was like, what, really? And I was like, yeah. And I go, and you know what? And I go, as I continue to pray, do you know what else God told me? He said to me, he said, Jesse, how will you breathe my spirit onto the dry bones and say, can you live if they are filled with smoke? And he kept showing me verse after verse after verse in scripture about the breath of God, which is also the Holy Spirit. And I was wondering why I was not operating in power, but with just wise words. And it was because I was choosing a little bit of the gospel mixed in with my own theology. And I said, I said, Jesus, please forgive me. I've been smoking for eight years at this point. I, like, I'll go through the process of quitting smoking. Just please help me. Help me to turn for you. Because you know what? I realized the kingdom was at hand, and it was more important for me in that moment to be able to preach with power and the words of the Holy Spirit than to be able to smoke cigarettes. It was an exchange. And I realized that what I was exchanging was better. Do you know the next morning, all desire to smoke cigarettes was gone. And I have not smoked one cigarette since, and this was three years ago. And you can ask Parker, like, he was like, he's like, do you feel like you want to? And I was like, no, it's so weird. Like, all desire for it has just gone. Because once I repented and I asked the Holy Spirit to transform me and I allowed the living word to be alive and active and it's so sharp that it cuts through your very nature. So any addictions you have, you're addicted to pornography, allow the word of God to transform you. Because I promise you, if you're a male in this room and you're addicted to pornography, just trying to stop looking at pornography is not going to work for you. And I know that maybe that sounds like bad news, but the good news is the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. And day by day, allowing that word to transform you, you won't want to look at it anymore. You want to know why? Because your eyes are going to be transfixed on something so much 
greater. You know how much joy you get when you lead someone to Jesus and you see the first time they're having that encounter and they realize that they have access to salvation? That is way better than pornography. And so any ways that the enemy is deceiving you, that what you have is better, and to hold on to that thing, invite the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth to you. Um, was there anyone in my breakout yesterday that's in this room? Raise your hand. Okay, can I have... Mm, two of you come up that did not come up yesterday. Okay, one. Come on, guys. We talked about boldness. <laughs> come on up. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Okay. Can I have two people that are willing to be vulnerable and honest for a second um, come up? <laughs> okay, you guys can stand, you two stand over here, and you stand over here. Okay. So, it says in 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5, it says, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for including a future in heaven. And that future starts now. So one of the things that we talked about yesterday was sharing the gospel in individual people's circumstances. Now, a lot of you guys want to operate in power, right? You want to see miracles and revival, but you don't know how the gospel even works. And do you realize that the gospel is the key to this power? The name of Jesus has power. The word of God has power. It's not just like the things that you do or saying like the right healing prayer that you read in a book once. It's not like this magic trick. The, the Bible tells us what has the power. And we're wondering where it is and why we don't have access to it. So they're going to demonstrate to you what it looks like. And they just learned yesterday and this is something that you guys can do all the time. And they don't even know that they're going to do this. But welcome to Christianity. So, okay, so you were in the breakout yesterday. You weren't? Oh, and you weren't either? Okay, can someone from the breakout yesterday come up and come up quickly? <laughs> Just do it. You don't want to be the one, but you got to learn sometime. Okay, so I'm going to have you say your name and then just share like really quickly, just maybe like something in your life that's been like challenging or like something that you've been like seeking God on or fear or any kind of rejection or anything that you're wrestling with. Um, 
so throughout my life, like, I got lonely. Um, that's basically what I've been, like, wrestling with throughout the whole race is loneliness. And it's not something that I've overcome, but it's still there. Like, I feel lonely a lot of the time. That's okay. Um, working through it with God. What else? Okay. And what's your name? Shelby. Shelby. Can we give a hand to Shelby for opening up? Okay. So you, you saw me share the gospel of Annie yesterday, right? Okay. So she just shared a situation and circumstance in her life, right? So right now, I want you to show us what a demonstration and power looks like by, I want you to speak the gospel over her situation, okay? You can do it because you want to know why you can do it? <laughs> Doesn't even matter if she hates you. All authority in heaven has been given to you. She hates you. Loneliness, well, you don't have to worry about loneliness because the only person you're supposed to worry about is Jesus Christ. Wait, do you know Jesus Christ? Yes. Okay. Anyway. Jesus. It's on. You just got to hold it to your mouth. Okay. Um, well, see, we learned about this the other day about having fear of what men think and being insecure, and that is why you feel lonely because don't feel like anybody loves you or you're scared that people are rejecting you or not choosing you when in reality you're only supposed to choose Jesus and only care what he thinks about you and that is why he chose you out of everyone you are a royal priesthood you are a beautiful daughter and he made you he knitted you in the womb and he created you only for his purpose and for him and in that that is why you choose to follow and glorify only him not others or not yourself and that's why he died on the cross for you and rose again three days later. It was only for you and for your sins so that you can have eternal glory with him in paradise and to see his beautiful face. And loneliness, like, there's so many other people that struggle with loneliness. And you have to put yourself out there in order to receive help. Because I know multiple people in this room that also suffer with loneliness. And if you reach out to those people that's what a body, that's what a community, and that's what the church is for, is to help grow and strengthen each other in our weaknesses and in our strengths. And if two or three people are all lonely and then they choose each other, that's a community, that's a church right there. What was your name? Pastor, can you put your hand on her head? Okay. Now, Shelby, Jesus says in his word, after he raised from the dead, he said, I am with you always. I am with you always. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you transform Shelby's mind for her to not just think it with her head, but cut her to the heart so that she does not have to wrestle with loneliness anymore because you killed loneliness when you rose from the dead. And you said that I am with you always. And that is more true than our feelings or the whispers of the enemy. So we break that lie right now in Jesus' name. And I ask that Holy Spirit, you would fill her with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And that loneliness would have to bow down to the name of Jesus.
Jesus, we thank you for your word. Let it transform Shelby's identity. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's give them a hand. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Jesus is literally so freaking crazy. So, um, I'm going to go on a tangent. I'm so sorry. Um, so, oh, okay. Um, so, while they were praying that, like, I'm like, okay, they're praying. And I'm, like, sitting there. I'm like, okay, Jesus, like, please actually just work in my life because I actually need this really bad because I am done feeling lonely. I am done with it. And so I'm just like, please, like, I really actually want this. And Jesus was like, yeah, I know. And he was just like, he gave me this vision. And this vision is like, it's mind-blowing. So um, he, like, it's like a dark room kind of thing. And it's actually like in the middle of the forest. It's a room in the forest. I know it's weird. And it like explodes. And out of like the rays of light, like there's, there's trees growing out of like, it, I don't know. Destry, show up your tattoo. Um, yes, that. It's like literally all of those everywhere. And like, they're, they're just popping up, like, out of the ground and in the middle of the air, and it's just, I don't know, super amazing. Okay. Do you guys think Shelby sounds a little different from when she first came up here to just now? <laughs> She's like, it's something, loneliness is something I'm going to struggle with all the days of my life, but it's okay, because God, now she's like, I'm free of loneliness, and I said I was going to be free. <laughs> okay, so really quick, let's wrap it up with this. Okay, so Luke 9. Jesus is sending out his apostles, and he says, and he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority. Power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God. You guys are the sent ones. You're being sent to proclaim this new kingdom. And he says, all authority has been given to me. Okay, what is the difference between power and authority? Because they are two separate things. Authority is based on position. So you have all authority for who you are in Christ. So you walk in with authority because of Jesus. So once, like many of you did, once you prayed and made Jesus your Lord, guess what? You were given all authority. So you don't need to fear when Jesus says, why do you fear? Do not fear. Where is your faith? It is an indicator that they're afraid is showing that they don't realize their authority. You don't believe what you think. You believe what you do. I'm going to repeat that. You don't believe what you think. You believe what you do, what you actually do. If you are afraid, that is a good indicator of what you believe. If you speak things, good indicator of what you believe. And Romans 10.9 and John 3.16 says, for those who believe. You get all of this for not what you say, but what you believe. And James says that you'll do the things that you actually believe, not just what you say. So your authority is given to you as Jesus being your Lord. So that same authority that we see in the Gospels, we are given freely. Do you believe it or not? Two, power. Power is based on posture. 
So where authority is based on position, you have all authority because of Jesus. The power is based on your posture. So you decide how much power you operate in. That's crazy. So some of you are in worship and you are praying and singing and screaming for more power. And he is not withholding from you. Power is dependent on repentance, faith, and living a yielded life. Do you live your life in a way of thinking, how can Jesus benefit you? Or how can he use you to benefit others? If you're wrestling with that, that will explain your wrestle in power. Because Jesus is searching for a yielded generation that is so convinced that the kingdom is greater than what the world has to offer. So stand to your feet. Holy Spirit, right now I thank you. I thank you that you have given us all authority in Jesus' name. That we are seated right next to the Father. We are seated alongside you, Jesus. So right now I ask that you give them boldness and confidence to preach the good news. It says that they were not ashamed of preaching the gospel because in the gospel is power. It says, in the gospel is power. It's not in their wise words. Paul says, I did not come to you with wise words, but I came to you with power. And that power comes from living a life fully yielded to you. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you draw them into repentance daily. That you open their eyes to opportunities when they're walking down the street. Let them see a need. Let them see the lonely person. Let them see the person with depression. Let them see the person with an addiction. And help them to deliver the good news, not in a timid fashion. Because if they are timid, they have not been convinced of their authority yet. And that's okay. But let that then be an opportunity for them to draw closer. Jesus, I thank you that every test and every situation that you allow us to have creates perseverance and it builds our faith. I thank you that faith is a muscle that is building among us. And I thank you that this generation will see revival because they'll look in the mirror and they will see that God has transformed their lives, and they will give it away. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so Matt, want to come up?